On this episode of Real Estate Insiders Unfiltered, we talk about artificial intelligence in real estate, whether it replaces the realtor or keeps them at the center of the transaction. We talk about the portal wars, some great technology products can be great show. Tune in. You talk about it privately. We talk about it publicly. This is the Real Estate Insiders Unfiltered podcast. Welcome again to the Real Estate Insiders Unfiltered podcast. I'm your host, James Dwiggins, along with my co-host, Keith Robinson, aka Crazy Uncle Keith. I still yes. need to get those t-shirts done. Sir, let's go. Uh, tell us about our guest and what yes. we talked about. We had Jeff Kennedy, Vice President of Sales and Partnership at Leading RE and advisor to a suite of prop tech investment firms. We dug in on Portal Wars, which uh, I'm popping popcorn and I'm here for it. <laughs> uh, we dug in on AI and real estate. We dabbled in lawsuits because you can't have a guest on today and not talk lawsuits. And then he unpacked a bunch of interesting thoughts around prop tech, what that could look like, what it looks like in today's market, what it could look like in tomorrow's. Put it in your kids. You're going to dig it. Going to be great. Jeff, welcome to the show. I feel like I haven't seen you in a week. Or longer. In a week. <laughs> it's been it's <laughs> been like we've been at every conference over the past year. I feel like it's been that way. Uh, it and, has and been, even... but it's been odd because we don't really connect or talk because you're always busy in meetings, and I'm always we just kind of see each other. But we wave. We yeah, like wave we... across the room. Oh, so, the old hallway. What's up? The, the hallway head. The hallway. Hit him with one of those. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. So, yes. well, we're super excited to have you here. Um, you know, we, we're going to dive through a lot of topics, um, uh, a lot around prop tech and in the industry. And there's like, of course, there's no drama to talk about in residential real estate today. So nope, we'll have to make up some stuff. What? <laughs> so let's start with. Um, for the viewers and listeners, just a little bit about your background, how you got where you are, and then we'll dive into our rapid fire and go into all the juicy stuff. So let's start there. Sure. Uh, so I am VP of Sales and Partnerships for Leading Real Estate Companies of the World. We are a global network of independent brokerages. I think our number is about 550 brokerages and 135,000 agents. Um, I am their only salesperson, like true salesperson. So I like to brag that I'm their best salesperson. Um, <laughs> my boss makes sure to tell me that I'm also the worst salesperson. So yeah, that's uh, thing. Um, Paul am, is long suffering with you, by the way. Paul, is, Paul and Jessica. Yeah, both um, my role is if, everything that's not relocation based or referral based on the on the residential side. All of the third party companies, uh, Ninja, Testimony, whatever. I manage those those programs, and then also our vendor mm -hmm. program, Solutions Group, and then. Um, help a lot with our conferences and sponsorships and stuff like that. Well, so you are what I kind of call the, um, I don't know, lack of a better word, the matchmaker. I've seen you at all of these different events and you kind of know everybody and have seen pretty much everything at this point, which is where we're going to go and why we wanted to have you here. Because I think you have just a very interesting perspective of the industry, touching all these different companies and seeing all the new tech and just working within a very large organization. Um, Let's do this first because we always do this with new guests. Some rapid fire questions. Keith will start us out. This is just to get people to kind of know who you are. And we may throw a wild card in here as well. So, <laughs> all right. First one. Uh, if you who if you were a superhero, who would you be and why? A superhero. So yeah. I don't love superhero movies anymore. Um, That's okay. However, oh, yes. I, my son and I argue about this all the time because he's 10 and a half. My youngest son is 10 and a half. And um, you know, he's got all these people I've never even heard of before. Where <laughs> I landed was Professor X from the X-Men. Yeah. Uh, that's a good um, one. 
Solid. Because he can read people's minds, and that would help me a lot in my marriage. So I think that would. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that. So oh, it's perfect. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Keith and I have no feedback on that at all. Zero. And we've zero been married. Anyway, number two. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, favorite book or podcast? Um, we always love to find this because it just gives people new things to listen to or read that uh, they may not be aware of. So, what is what is your favorite right now? Um, little secret: this podcast is the only one that I listen to and am subscribed to. So. Podcast isn't easy. You guys are also the best and the worst podcast in my, <laughs> in my library. So congratulations yeah. on that. Hey, look, um, Ma, I, we made it. Yeah. I just read a book, and this puts you in the same status as this guy. Uh, you may have heard of him, uh, Patrick Lencioni. Uh-huh. One of so my favorites. So he's you know, obviously written a bunch of books. He's got a new one out, or new to me. It's called The um, Six Types of Working Genius. Mm. And so what he says is everybody is really good at two of the six, okay at two of the six, and really prefers not to do two of the six and you have to figure huh. out what you're good at, what you love so that you're in the right seat on the bus. And so the six buckets are, um, wonder who has the initial idea, the ideation of, Hey, there's a problem. Hmm. Then there's, that goes to invention, which is, Oh, that's a problem. Here are some solutions. Then it goes to discernment, which is those solutions suck, but these ones might work. <laughs> That's one of mine. And then mm -hmm. it goes to, to galvanizing, which is selling the idea and getting people excited about it. And then it goes to enablement, which is the people that actually do the work. Mm -hmm. And then there's tenacity at the end, which is that person that puts it on their back and takes it over the finish line. And often we hire people that are similar to us. We hire people that we like and all of that's right. amazing. But if you have all wonderers and no doers or all doers and no wonderers, you can get stuck. So like any other recipe, you want the, the balance of everything. So you go through the book. I read it in like four hours. It's really easy to read. Take a survey, find out where you're at, and then you can do it with your coworkers. Or I did my wife did it. Clever. Out, like where our friction points are. It's pretty cool. That's awesome. That's great. I love Lencioni. All of his books are pretty phenomenal. Easy. All right, Keith, take us home on the last one. Okay, number three. If you could have lunch with one person, current or historical, who would it be and why? Oh, man. You know, this is going to sound probably sappy and, and corny, but we, we like that. I would say, um, probably my dad, yeah. um, he, he passed away a couple of years ago and he didn't really get to see the life that I've created now. Mm. So I think it, he would be proud. I think it'd be really, obviously having lunch with my dad since he's dead would be cool in and of itself, but also sure. maybe be able to see like my son that he didn't really get to know that well. And my wife that he's never met and stuff like that would be, um, would be really cool. Him and yeah. him or, or, or Jesus, one or the other, I have to figure out which one I would. Sure. Do. Sure. Great. It's a good one. It's a good answer. answer. I can relate to that by the way, Jeff. So, <clears throat> all right, let's dive into uh, a bunch of the juicy stuff in residential real estate. It wouldn't be relevant if we didn't talk about the lawsuits, mm -hmm. but I want to do a spin on this a little bit. So first of all, we want you to be able to share your opinions on it and, and get your feedback. But I do want to dig in on really this this idea, and when no one's really talking about it, these lawsuits, potential outcome, your thoughts, and then also how does it affect prop tech and innovation in our business? Where do you think this goes? So let me start out by saying that everything that I'm sharing today is Jeff Kennedy's personal opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to speak on their behalf. 
legal disclaimer, jargon, dotted line. Okay. Yes. Yes. Good job. um, Now say whatever you want. (laughs) The reality is no one has any idea what's going to happen. Everyone thinks that this could happen. You can guess. And based on this, this might, yeah, yeah, yeah. We just don't know everything from this gets thrown out and nothing changes all the way up to it blows up the entire thing. And we have robots doing like, and anywhere in between, I think Mm -hmm. it's, it's so far out with the appeal process, everything that's going to happen that it is almost uh, an effort and futility to go through and try to figure out what's going to happen. What you can focus on is what you need to do today, tomorrow, you know, Q1, Q2 of next year to build your business. And then as information comes, you can pivot in that moment, but you're just wasting your time thinking what's going to happen in 2026. We literally could be anything. What about prop tech? I mean, what, I mean, I, I guess, let me ask the question differently. So there's been so much money thrown into the real estate sector, fintech, prop tech, et cetera, over the past 10 years, staggering amounts of money. Yep. Um, and it certainly has been pulled back. I don't, I haven't really felt like it's been loosened up yet. I don't know. You can tell me otherwise you work with a lot of these people, but are there, is there a lot of hall room talk going on about like, you know, do we want to invest in this industry? Is it, should we focus on disrupting the realtor? Like what is, what is your take on what you're hearing in conversations with, you know, the money? Yeah. Um, there's a there's a, an organization called the oh, what are they called Credi. Do you guys know Credi? It's the Center mm-hmm. for Real Estate Technology and Innovation, and they track a lot of the fundraising things. And they reported a couple of days ago that seventy million dollars went into the prop tech space last week. Last week, seventy million with an average average um, funding amount of three million. So that seems like a lot. It's probably mm-hmm. less than it was two or three years ago. There's still plenty of money going into this space. And when we say prop tech, it's not necessarily residential. It could be multifamily, commercial, sure. insurance, yeah. title, mortgage, like all the other stuff. There's still a lot of money coming in. That being said, I've also heard through the grapevine, there are people that are not prop tech investors that are like, well, let's just wait and see what happens with the lawsuit and let's not double down. Maybe we're already committed. We'll let that go. Or some people have actually pulled out of funding rounds depending on you know some of the other things. I think the bigger issue isn't necessarily the lawsuit it's the macroeconomic thing that's going on with now with inflation and interest rates that's creating a bigger issue um in this space than than fear around the lawsuit from my understanding you mean as far as investors and their their eagerness to invest or not invest they're more worried about global economic forecasts than they are about lawsuit ramifications yeah they got their money tied up in lots of different places and one thing that changes a little bit changes everything so like Mm -hmm. wait a minute i don't need to you know swing for the fences right now and they go for singles and doubles and there's other industries that are a bit safer so they focus on that gotcha it's interesting i've had a lot of um i obviously you know we've been sharing a lot about the lawsuits on our podcast trying to decipher as much as we can we've had a lot of um, interviews from wall street firms asking our take you know there was uh i forget his name ryan i was on his his group as well you know thinks that a million realtors are going to go away i think he's completely off my opinion um and you know there the questions are coming up around and we'll get into this in a second i think it's a relevant conversation but the questions are coming up on you know does this impact the portals because this is where obviously a lot of money is invested into costar and zillow and and so forth and so on um you know and at the same time the valuations on these brokerages that are out there you know they're obviously publicly traded so i mean it's I, it's funny. Keith and I will actually bring this up. We had the, Keith brought up this idea the other day, and it was really interesting. <laughs> talking about how 
we were trying to think through what's affected on the portals, right? So if there's if there's pressure on compensation on the buy side, which let's hypothetically say there'll be some, then certainly it could affect these business models. Keith, tell tell Jeff about your idea that I thought was really well. Was you really just when you start to think about the grant, I, to a certain amount, I agree with you. I think that people shouldn't be obsessing about the lawsuits and where it's going to go. I think a functional knowledge is good. Our podcast is a good place to get that. There are other places, but get, have a functional knowledge, then go back to serving your clients. But one of the things I think our job, the three of us to do is think about what are the ramifications? What are the come along effects? Let's say buyer broker agreement becomes sort of a national thing, right? Mm -hmm. Where now every state has their version of a buyer broker agreement. Which we think will happen to be clear. Correct. So and our viewpoint is that will happen. Got to be signed before you have a substantive, just to make up language, before you have a substantive conversation regarding real estate, whatever that means in every given state. So there's an interesting, if you start to think about the come along effect of that, where if you're in one of the referral based lead generation companies, there could be conflict there, right? Sure. So if I meet someone at an open house, we uh, have a you know, buyer broker or buyer consultation. They sign a buyer broker agreement, but they're also on Zillow or wherever portal, pick your portal, Real filling out forms. Yet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Filling out forms. Well, if you've already signed a buyer broker agreement with me, but Zillow is now selling that lead to, or whomever is selling that lead to agent ABC who in town, how do those, how does that sort itself out? Like, where do you think that goes? Does is Zillow now trying to ask for or whoever I'm just using Zillow as a placeholder, not picking on you fellows. I know everybody else does, but I'm not. <laughs> um, does that mean they start like how, how does that sort itself out? That's a great question. And thinking down the road to a, a very real possibility that, that could happen, I would think and I don't have any inside information on this, yep. but, um, you know, Zillow positions itself, as do all the portals, as they want to be either quasi or actual partners with agents and brokerages. Mm -hmm. So the moment you open that door and say, no, this is my client because I paid money to get that click. And now I'm going to get the commission on that. The moment you do that, you are drawing a line in the sand between you and what's what you think is your lifeblood for as far as dollars go. So I would think that would be a short sighted uh, decision, but mm -hmm. if that happens, then you're going to have a, you're going to have a major war. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's just interesting when you think about the, different aspects of where some of this stuff could go. And I mean, I, we, I guess as I'm thinking, you know, I think we, we've kicked this around the yard a couple of times, James, but Zillow could probably come up with some sort of agreement that you sign before you join flex. And again, I'm just using Zillow as a placeholder where, uh, if there is any conflict, you agent agree that you are going to pay a referral fee on a buyer that comes through blah, 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 even if they've signed your buyer broker agreement at a previous date, right? I mean, you, two parties can agree to whatever they want um on the as a side agreement that will make the portal feel safe and the ability to get their revenue but i just feel like that's a sticky one that i don't hear anyone talking about would you as an agent in good faith still use zillow and put your profile there and support them knowing that you're just bringing them to the table to get a part of your already smaller commission base uh good question i think the the other side of that question is, are you really being a fiduciary if you don't put it on the portals where where the eyeballs can see it, right? So I get your point and I agree. Uh, there's some inherent conflict there. Uh, I think the agents who are already pissed, I'll actually answer your question now instead of doing that evasive answer with a question thing because <laughs> that's super annoying. Um, 
I think agents who are already against any portal will try to use this as the rallying cry to to stop using portals, but they yeah. use everything else as that rallying cry too. Uh, and the agents who have a successful financial relationship with a portal aren't going to want to do anything to damage that. I spend X, my return is three X. This is a good business decision for me. That's all that this is. And uh, yeah, you want me to sign something that says I want to continue this good business relationship? I will. So I, I don't think it changes many people's minds. Should it? That's that's a different question, maybe. Uh, but will it? I don't think so. Do you think if that happens, then you'll have the different, like, let's say, as an example, we're not picking on anybody, like you said, yep. but Zula decides to do that. Then CoStar says, okay, wait a minute, you guys are going to charge. Hey, everybody, we're not going to charge anything. We just want clicks and support you. Like, then you could draw a line and actually enhance the battles between the portals for, yeah. you know, mental mind share and the agents well, and they see as their partner. And I don't mean that Zillow or others who have a referral fee structure today, right? They're just trying to continue what already exists, right? Where you pay a referral fee for what you get. Um, I don't, it, yeah, it would absolutely be uh, World War, mm -hmm. I guess, one and real estate world or whatever, right? But it would be a big deal if Zillow said just over the top, we're going to have everyone that comes through sign a buyer broker agreement, but I don't think they'll do that. I think that's, that would be short-sighted in my opinion, not to any of them call me, any of the board of any portals calls me to ask me questions, but <laughs> that, uh, that would be short-sighted. Right. I, but yeah, I, I wouldn't, think, I wouldn't put ahead. it past them. I wouldn't put it past them. I'm, and I'm not, that's not I a hit on anybody. I'm just, no, no. but why? Like to, to, <clears throat> I think I love that. We're just, I, well, I, well, I don't know why we're going on this debate, but let's do it. So yeah. I, I think it's very clear that, you know, they're the, Zillow is, and I, again, just using them as an example, um, <laughs> but they're, they're being very aggressive with attach rate and requiring their teams to do certain things. That's a lot of people are arguing, you know, at what level does it go too far? Um, and their need to get to profitability. They've been at it for, I don't even 18 years. Am I wrong with that? I mean, they're, their their stock prices, you know, granted the market is what it is, but it's still struggling. They haven't really figured out how to turn this thing into a big, you know, massive profitable behemoth yet. And it wouldn't surprise me just because it's where Wall Street is. I could be completely wrong, but I do think that <laughs> I mean, this is a good segue somewhat. I mean, <laughs> CoStar bought the entire NER convention floor. <laughs> you see that? I mean, that was pretty. Wow. How like, do you feel about them? Pretty impressive to go in there and see that spread. I and for those of you who did not get to go to NER, just go do a Google search for CoStars Homes.com's booth at NER, and it was like a city block. Like I've never had like in a my racquetball court and a spa. <laughs> I've and, never uh... seen at a convention, real estate convention, that much floor space for one organization. I mean, they had the Goo Goo Dolls for their freaking cocktail party. So, yeah. um, well, their screen had a, had like an entire production team behind it. They had five or six individual encased glass offices. Like it was, it was an actual <laughs> corporate office. It was yeah. crazy. So I, I don't know. My point is I just don't, I wouldn't put anything past anyone for, let me summarize. We have less than 4 million units of housing being sold in this country this year. This is the lowest it's been since I've been doing this. Uh, and, you know, there's shrinking market share and everyone's trying to get a piece of that almighty dollar that's potentially shrinking with lawsuits. So it wouldn't surprise me. Just, I don't know, it's just my take. Well, so. Speaking of CoStar, what is your thought on the 
well, homes.com, however we want to call it today. What's your thought on the kind of verbal battle between them and, and realtor.com on? Hilarious. <laughs> I mean, so. James, James likes what? word fights. He likes when people fight with words. So you like it when it's physical, buddy. Um, so <laughs> I read the email that went around. Obviously, I'm sure everybody else. Has why don't we well. Why don't we frame this up for the listener just in case they don't have any clue yeah, about what we're talking point. about? Yeah. Yeah. So, so basically, <clears throat> Realtor.com and, and Homes.com have been this massive feud, and and Andy uh, Andy Florence is not shy about being confrontational on anything. Uh, it's just his style. So it's the CEO of Homes.com of, of CoStar, by the way. So. Um, uh, apparently heard, there was a who, who heard that some derogatory things may or may not have been said. He, he, yeah, he believes that they were said at an event on a microphone in yeah. front so of an audience. Bob Evans basically apparently said some stuff at a realtor.com thing about homes.com. Everybody's been questioning homes.com's numbers because they seem to be elevated. Let's leave it at that. And there's a massive feud going on. And basically, uh, Andy wrote this email that said everybody who attended and it was like, very, very aggressive. Let's just put it that way about his feelings uh, towards realtor.com. He was expressing himself. He, he was, was expressing himself. himself. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. What's that statement about uh, lies, damn lies and statistics? Yeah. Yes. 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 I mean, I don't know what the, I'm agnostic to it. I think it's interesting to watch. I saw an ad today that had, um, it was a, I believe it was realtor.com ad and it had a balloon that was a color of homes.com and it slowly deflated. And had their number on it and then behind it was the number that where i come i mean it's <laughs> it's you gotta it's, appreciate the marketing side of things this is great. well they're not being shy about it you know and and so i think for everybody who's who's listening to this knows we've had damien on our on our pod and we'll have andy on here eventually at some point too but it's uh it damien's damien's i think people underestimate him like he he's a he's a he's a news corp guy like he doesn't he didn't get where he is by not being successful at what he does and I think it's going to be interesting to watch this kind of escalate. Yeah, I Although I would, he's a smart, thoughtful guy who I genuinely believe now I could be proven wrong happens every day that he really does care about the industry and the mm -hmm. agent agent's role in the process. Um, now, is he just, did he get some talking points and he's really good at reading them? Maybe, but I, it didn't feel like that. It felt real and genuine and someone who had been through an experience uh, in their life without a real estate professional and have been through in their experience in their life with a real estate professional and greatly preferred the latter. So, but yeah. how do they, let's get to a question. How, how do these, does this, like, what's the clash of the Titans? What does this mean? What does, what's the outcome of the, I think the portal wars are coming. I am going to pop popcorn and watch. Um, and you know, I'll use a streaming television example, right? Like there's more shows to watch today than there is ever been right because yeah. everyone's going to war over content and we as people who like to watch uh, movies on television are the beneficiary right there are new, new stuff coming out all the time so what that's because everyone's battling for the eyeballs right they all want us to stay on their uh streaming sites longer so what do you see the outcome is of this clash of the titans sort of godzilla king kong battle that's going to be coming down the portal space does the does, is there a way that the industry benefits or does it or is there a way that the industry is harmed is there a way that the individual agents benefited or harmed well using your um example of streaming mm -hmm. i think 
we do benefit because we have lots of shows to choose from, but the companies that are creating it aren't being profitable because it's fractionalized all of yep. the eyeballs. So you're getting, you know, less parts of more. Um, I think it goes one of two ways. Maybe we end up having more portals. I, I can't imagine someone in the right mind wanting to get in the portal war at this point. Yeah. There. I think what's more likely, I think you need to have choice. I think if there's one portal, that's going to be a problem for lots of different reasons. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we can support three well. So I think there will be a battle and, I, you know, it could be an acquisition. It could just be something else. But I think we'll end up with two options with two clear value props and, you know, let the best person win. Let the one that fits your needs better win. Um, yeah, I, I think, the, I think the, the end user will be fine. It's not that complicated to go look at a home and like it and make comments and, you know, did virtually stage it. And that's all going to continue to get better and better mm-hmm. but to go to the argument between um, homes and, and realtor is, uh, you know, all clicks aren't equal. There's only a certain number of people that are looking for homes. You can't tell me there's 10 billion clicks in the month of September. There aren't that many people in the country. Right. So then you get into, well, you know, are all clicks equal? Is someone with a mortgage pre-approval that's actually living in an apartment that's looking to move right now equal to someone like my wife? We have a 2.75 rate. We're not looking to move anytime soon. No, mm-hmm. but the, the algorithm can't necessarily know that. So like all of that stuff, I think will get figured out in, in a short period of time. And I think AI will play a role in that. Hmm. Well, let's turn, let's transition to that. So you do a lot of work with the NER reach program and then as well as modern ventures. So I think we'll, we'll segue into a couple of things. Number one, you get to see a lot of tech products, like, like everything basically <laughs> at some point or another. What's some exciting, interesting technology that you've seen that's currently in the market right now that you're excited about or that you, you're seeing coming down the pipeline? Well, there, there's this new thing that just, that's coming out soon called um, artificial intelligence or AI. Oh, I haven't. I've not heard anything what? about that. Just kidding. That, Everyone's yeah. adding AI to their thing, and they're like, uh, you know, yeah. formats.ai. You're like, oh, this is amazing. Like, My favorite yeah. question whenever I do a demo is, how many days or weeks ago did you add this AI slide to your pitch deck? <laughs> right. Right. I love that. So yeah, I mean, obviously AI. Uh, is a big deal. People use it incorrectly. Machine learning is an AI. There's a whole, there's a whole conversation we can have around that. Um, there's a company, a specific company, and I'm afraid to call people out here or not, but there's a company called yeah. Corded, C O U R T E D, Corded. Um, they, to me, where we're going in the economy from a broker's mindset is if you're not making me money, not maybe making me money, but literally helping me increase revenue for sure next month or saving me money or helping me recruit, I'm probably not interested right now because I have things are on fire. I'm not sure what's going on. I don't need to go and get any shiny, nice to have things. I need need to have things. So if recruiting is important, what Corded has done is they've taken a machine learning kind of algorithm. It's not AI, similar. Um, and they take real-time MLS data and they run through this algorithm and they tell you within a 90% um, accuracy who on your squad is getting is, is likely to leave the brokerage so mm-hmm. someone's if, if you know if james is leaving and you don't like james then cool but if you want to keep him and you know we might leave in the next 90 days maybe give him a little bit of love to keep him that's mm-hmm. a great retention play but more importantly than that they give you all of the agents in all in your mls who's likely to leave their brokerage so you cross-reference that with you know top producers or you know top 20 percent producers whatever your buy box is what you're looking mm-hmm. for with your company and then you know when to reach out to them who to reach out to and what the message should be. And it's kind of like the a secret weapon. So the reason I bring them up is AI is everywhere. 
I don't think a lot of companies and I for sure know a lot of brokerages haven't figured out how to use it other than chat GPTing some marketing things and doing a carousel on LinkedIn. So this takes like an actionable thing that you can use right now and make a difference right now. I think we'll see more companies figure that out next year for sure. This is uh, these are the guys that were with McKinsey prior, if I remember correctly. I think this is yeah. Keith, I think we saw this product. Jeff, I think we did. you introduced this to us. So, yeah. yeah. I, um, I have a question. So as someone like a lot of our listeners are in the space, they do a ton of demos. They're always trying like I have heard multiple recruiting tools. Basically, every recruiting tool I look at says they can do that. Right. They can predict. They can give you stats. They've they may not say they have machine learning. They might say they have AI. They might say, but the reality is it could just be triggers, right? When X happens, I tell you that person is at risk, right? Yeah. Versus true machine learning. When you're evaluating something, because I think your process could be helpful for people listening who are trying to evaluate software, right? There's so much in this space. What key questions do you ask or what process do you use to figure out who's full of you know what and who isn't? And like, how do you get to the truth, right? Because we're being sold and people are putting their best foot forward. Do you have question. a process or questions that you ask? Kind of. It's as much uh, art as it is science. Yeah. I would yeah. love to say that I have 100% accuracy, but uh, I, I've let a couple of stinkers in that I had to get yeah. rid of. Me too. Um, you know, it, it, as a brokerage, if you have a problem and someone comes in and says, I can fix that problem and they're good at sales, you're 90% of the way there. Yeah, right. <laughs> My situation is a little bit different because I'm thinking who, if I bring you into solutions group, which is our preferred vendor program for leading RE, which gives them access to 135,000 agents, which is amazing. Everybody wants that. Awesome. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, who do you create political problems with internally? Are you easy to work with? Is your product good enough that it can, it's, can it scale? Is it good enough that people will want it? Is there a demand for it? If you give me money for marketing and, I, and at the end of the year, nobody wanted it. Now you're not happy. I'm not happy. I wasted your time. There's right. all these like little things mm -hmm. there. And then of course you call references. Um, mm -hmm. I like to see people for a year. I like to see them at the conferences and see their booth and see their presentation and see them out after hours. Are they going to be a good representative of, of their company in front of, in front of our, our members? So right. it's all of those things. And I'm, I'm almost looking for a reason not to do it versus mm -hmm. looking for a reason to do it. Um, and like I said, I've been, right more than not but still i made a couple mistakes yeah so go slow the old john wooden right be quick but don't hurry if if even if you're a broker like i agree i have a problem this says it solves my problem but they all say they solve the problem so yeah. who solves it the best right and i think you're well unwinding something is a mess like i to the yeah. to your kind of your point like you really need to do your due diligence on it do you ever i'm just curious are they do you go to the point of being like i want to see a copy of your financials no, I don't get into all that. Um, we do want to know their structure, you know, if they're owned by mm -hmm. anywhere or mostly by anywhere. I can't probably can't bring them into leading RE just because there's a conflict, yeah, conflict there. Yeah, right. But in general, we don't, yeah, we don't get into their financials. Although, you know, they have to typically be in some major markets. They can't be, oh, we're a great company. We're just in New Orleans. I'm like, well, mm -hmm. that doesn't really work for me. I have a global company. So like, they have to be of a certain size that it mm -hmm. makes sense. Although there are certain companies that I just believe in the product so much that I bring them in early and I help them with that growth. But because I think it's a value add to our members versus really trying to help them, I think it's a win for my people. Yeah, I always worry. I remember this in 2008 through 10 when you bring companies in and you're in this downturn market where you you go in and you you're investing. I'm not really physically talking about putting money in, but you just you're investing in the team and the product and then you know, the market stays down and 18 months later they're being bought or they folded and you're like, wow, 
that sucked. So, you know, I feel like we're in the first inning of a lot of prop tech consolidation. I guess that's a question I have. Is that yeah. your take as well? Do you think that we're going to see a lot of consolidation over the next 12 to 18 months? Uh, it's a really good question. I got a note yesterday that addressable closed down. They've been around for a while. They went through the Modern Ventures program. They had this robot thing that would like write letters to your people in your handwriting. Yeah, I remember. It was, it was cool. Just never really caught on and and obviously you know they're done now so i think that is the beginning of probably a couple more that aren't well funded um have too high of a burn rate um and they're not a need to have like if my house is on fire or if my 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 plumbing isn't working i'm not worried about my wallpaper or what you know what furniture i have i need to get my basics done so if you're in that space where you're a basics company where you're helping with crm transaction management back-end accounting you know sphere marketing all of that's necessary if you're extraneous, it's going to be a, a bit of a slog this year. And so as far as acquisitions go, um, I mean, you saw follow-up boss, $400 yeah. million with an option of going to 500 million. Good, good for him. That's, like, yeah. that's, that's a success story. Like, I, you know, for sure. yeah, yeah, no, yeah. that's, it, I mean, it, it, I know everyone's freaking out because they'll know it's another product, but besides all of that, I'm really happy for Dan and the group over there. So, yeah. um, so let's take a big one here keith and we'll go down this road there's not any conversations happening around ai right now at all <laughs> so i figure we would start one yeah um so what is i so i it was it was rich swire that we spoke with keith yeah. <clears throat> um really brilliant guy um admire him a lot super just hit his brain thinks on a level that's different than most human beings mm. you know he definitely thinks that the realtor's role will be more automated he didn't go to the extent of being removed but he thinks that the realtor's role will be more automated in yeah his, his language yeah, yeah his language for it was each real estate agent in five years will have a unique assistant in their pocket mm -hmm. right that knows who they are how they think how they write how they express themselves and will be there to assist them he he sees he's definitely in the tech enabled uh, agent versus the um, agent enabled tech. I think I got it right. He thinks agents will always be at the center and this technology would just help them be more efficient and better at what they do. Yeah, I, I don't have the math, uh, the stats in front of me. I think the average agent is in their 50s or early 60s. I think this will be a generational thing. I think mm. some people will adopt it now. It's not going to happen today or even next year necessarily. Uh, so I think that. Uh, Generational. Um, oh, so here's what I think is going to happen. The we're moving towards a time where anything that's faster, cheaper, and easier is going to win. Everything mm -hmm. is is going that direction. Hmm. In a perfect world, take out my personal relationship or feelings towards agents, NAR, leading RE, anything. In a perfect world, if I could pull up my phone and get a mortgage and look at a house and put an offer in and send it through Venmo and they get the earnest money and they accept it through open and you know I have a transaction that to me is way less expensive and way less time consuming than the crazy process we all have to go through now the problem is there's so many pitfalls that can happen if you make yeah. it that easy that it's a big problem and we aren't even doing like telehealth is only doing like, let me see your rash. They're not like, let me, yeah. I mean, let me see if you have cancer or not. Right. So I think that as it goes more towards those app based things, it'll be for some of the easier things. I don't anticipate anybody wanting to cut the agent out of the process because it's probably the biggest purchase 
for most people that they'll ever make. And they need to have a human being to walk them through that. That's mm -hmm. my feeling, at least for the next five to 10 years. So, so one last question, we'll, we'll, we'll go to our final just to wrap up, but I'm, this is completely off the cuff. Do you think you'll see different comp models pop up? Not to put you on the spot, but like, what's your thought on with just take the lawsuits out of this questions actually just around what we just talked about, like AI and just automation of things. Do you think you'll see different compensation models that will take in the United States? It's a very small minority that don't, that don't operate off of percentage. That's just a fact. Do you yeah. think you'll see more of these other models take hold in this sort of technology driven world? Let me reiterate for my HR department. This is <laughs> Kennedy's opinion. Um, I, I do think we're going to have an agent count cut. And mm -hmm. I don't know, don't know that the professional agents that are that are here are that worried about it. I think there's a lot of part-timers and people that fractionalize the market that do two transactions a year that actually create more problems than what the production is. So it's probably for sure. that some. Uh, I feel, just Jeff thinking, that in the future, our, the agents will have to be more of a fiduciary kind of situation where it might be a financial financial planner doing insurance, doing the real estate, maybe having a mortgage license. Like they're going to be more of that. So they're getting smaller pieces, but from a bigger pie. And it will still really be a great business versus um, going towards a flat fee. I think the moment we go towards flat fees, I think the service is going to drop and the pendulum will go to super cheap. They'll realize how bad it is. And then we'll have to come back somewhere in the middle. And, you know, we have to, we can't A-B test it. It'll go one way or the other. Yeah. That's what I think is going to happen. Interesting. Interesting comment. All right, Keith, take us home. Okay. Last question. If you were an agent or a broker, brokerage, what was the, what is the one thing you would implement today to help your business? Do I need, I'll give you three things, but very okay. that, that One works. is education. Mm -hmm. I don't mean education on, um, well, I do mean education, you know, as, uh, yeah. as CD and stuff like that. But I mean education on on how to how to sell yourself. If you've been in the business for a long time, what worked in 2015 doesn't work in 2023 and won't work in 2026. Yeah, so you got to learn how to how to present yourself and how to provide your value prop to someone in a clean way that they get it. There's an emotional hook. It's not just regurgitating facts. So really, being a, a going back to the sales book and, and educating yourself on how to do that. Number one. Number two is embracing AI. I know we said AI earlier. Uh, um, I have chat GPT. I have, I have all these different things. I don't know how to use any of them. I can mm -hmm. play around on it. It hasn't it made my life better at 1%, but I'm hoping at some point manna from heaven will fall down and I'll all of a sudden get it and it will make, you know, save me a bunch of time. It just hasn't happened. But if you're an agent, you should be spending at least a couple hours a week messing around with it and getting educated on it and then the third thing is and this is so so old school and cliche work your sphere yeah. we have agents that have five thousand agents five thousand contacts in their you know their database them you knowing who they are doesn't help if they're not thinking about you what are you doing to bring value to them i don't say clients for life because that seems transactional but make them relationships for life they, yeah. might, they might never buy from you again but they might have somebody else that can like bring value build those relations build, build true relationships not just transactional ones yeah, it is. It is not their job to remember you. It is your job to be memorable, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. That's great advice. I think of all this tech-enabled world, we have to remember that at the end of the day, people just still choose people. So, can I? Can I double click on one one thing that you mentioned? I know that's supposed to be the wrap up, but I think this is where I think there. You're right. I believe there is some significant percentage of real estate professionals who hear the AI stuff and probably way back in their lizard brain, they know it's important. 
but they aren't sure how to approach it. So I heard you say, spend a couple hours, like literally, how would you, let's say I came to you and said, look, I've been in the industry for 25 years. I get this AI thing is coming. I don't get it. What should I, what are the, what should I do? Should I time block two hours a week to just play or like what, how do I get started in starting to digest what AI and embrace, I agree. I should embrace AI. That's all. I agree with you. Now what? All right. So let's, that's this really good question. I think it's a shift in mindset. You don't, you don't have to figure out AI. You get to figure out AI. Mm-hmm. AI is an amazing tool. If you want to build a house and you have a hammer, it's mm-hmm. going to help you build it a lot quicker than if you don't have a hammer. Right. So it, you got to figure out and you have this tool. Well, what do I use it for? There are certifications out there. There are experts out there that offer coaching to brokerages or to agents. I don't know their business. so I can't tell them specifically what to do, but like, all right, maybe two hours is too much. An hour, 30 sure. minutes. Yeah. You know, they have this thing called um, prompt engineer. Have you mm-hmm. heard of this? Yeah. Right? So like there's a science now and an art to knowing how to ask chat GPT to give you in, you know, in James Dwiggins voice, act like you're a Shakespearean expert, <laughs> whatever, whatever, whatever. Literally the story of my life. Yeah. <laughs> once, you get, once you open it up, that it can be literally a thing that you want. Now you can get creative. Don't get hung up on. You don't know how to do it because that's not the point that the AI will do it. You just need to know what you want and how to ask to get that. Right. So. Yeah, that'd be my. I think also a good thing to do, and this is important for everyone to hear, and then we'll we'll wrap with this: is that attend shit, like go attend <laughs> conferences, like stop. It, it drives me absolutely bonkers when everyone's like, they say this to Keith and I all the time. We're like, you guys know so much. I'm like, we don't know shit. We just go to like listen to other people who are smarter than us to like learn. So like. <laughs> You should go to some conferences, go look out the content ahead of time, you know, spend the money, invest in your business because that's how you'll, you'll, you'll be able to, you know, continue to stay at the center of the transaction. All right, let's wrap it there. Jeff, thanks so much for being here. We really appreciate your insights. Um, thank you for your crystal ball on the, the future of AI. Um, and, uh, I'm, I'm very confident I will see you in the hallways somewhere again, <laughs> waving like this. So. This has been the uh, the pinnacle of my 32-year career, and I just hope to be back on as a guest at some point. So this is the best thing you've done today, is what you're saying. From here. Yeah. Thank you. For, for the By, day, not for the career. For the, for the day. By the way, I paid him to say that, so everybody knows. So, yeah. All right, buddy. Uh, appreciate it. Have a good Thanksgiving. Okay, yeah. bud? You guys too. All right. Talk Thanks. to you soon. Bye. It's our job to say out loud what everybody's only thinking to themselves. It's your job to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode.